Welcome to A Brief Chat, the show about living authentic lives on our own terms. I'm Jason Crane. I'm Owen Crane. Today is Tuesday. It's the 12th day of November 2019. And Owen is here because, well, just because, but also because this week we are in the midst of an experiment that is uh, Owen's idea, Owen's planning, and Owen's execution. And I have the best part of the experiment, <laughs> which is that I get to eat all the stuff that is being created in it. Now, it's important for you at this point to know what the experiment is, because, for example, if it was... Like cooking meth. Exactly. Yeah, that would be bad. That would be bad for me. But it is not that. So tell folks tell folks the story. It's Japan week, baby. So essentially, I've spent all of 15 days in glorious Nippon. And of course, you live there for quite some time but both of us have been talking recently about you know missing different foods from there and different ways we would like cozy ourselves like i mean i've never sat under a kotatsu but i know you have and i've always wanted to <laughs> um i didn't sit under a kotatsu i lived under yeah <laughs> For all of the years that I lived in Japan. That sounds so and great. A kotatsu is, for folks who may not know, is a, a heated table. Now, in the old days in Japan, it was a, a pit dug into the the floor, either a dirt floor or a pit built into a wooden floor. There would be a table over it with a, like a quilt almost coming out from under the tabletop, between the tabletop and the frame of the table. And down in the bottom of the pit, there would be some coals that were warming that area, and you would put and you your would feet down there. barbecue your legs. Exactly. In a Keep very nice way. Nowadays, an electric kotatsu, those, those old-style ones still exist in very traditional houses, but for the most part, they're electric, and essentially, it's a frame with a heater under the bottom part of the frame, and then, so if you imagine, it's a table, but the table top is detached from the rest of the table, so you... You get the frame part, which has the heater element. Over that, you put a quilt, and then you put the tabletop down on top of it. And then you sit on the floor on a cushion with your legs under the heated table. Or the rest of your body. Yeah, if you want, you can put your whole body under there, depending on how tall the table is. And you do that because in Japan, there's no central heating in most houses. And so it's quite cold during the winter. So between space heaters... And this kotatsu thing, that's how you keep warm. And it's its quite glorious. Yeah. But this isn't about kotatsu. No. no. But you brought it up and I did, figured yeah. we had to define our terms. That's fair. Okay, so I'm just cooking a bunch of Japanese meals for every meal, essentially. So, so far we've had vegetable curry rice. We've had... Which doesn't sound Japanese, but there is a curry rice dish in Japan that's very different than Indian curry. Right, yeah. It. It's almost like a brown gravy sauce yeah that makes it sound weird but it's really really good and super easy to make we've had fried egg over rice and homemade pickles we've had like salmon for breakfast is a very traditional like the grilled salmon like under a broiler is like really traditional for breakfast in japan i learned so we had that and many kinds of grilled fish actually oh and yeah 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 we had like ours mackerel. out of this skin and everything but i mean i've yeah, had for that breakfast was... many times just like a whole fish that was yeah. broiled and then you know you like my uh with the my, head on yeah my host grandmother her, one of her amazing skills besides teaching traditional dance was 
she could debone an entire fish with one move of her chopsticks. She could go in and she could take the whole spine and all the bones out of the fish. That's wild. In one shot with her with her chopsticks oh and my then God. eat the fish. So. That's amazing. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah. And obviously we are trying to use what is available and cost effective to us in central Pennsylvania. Right. We too. live in a landlocked yeah. part of the state. <laughs> and, uh, and, and it's a fish-heavy diet, yes. so we're doing our best. Um, we had some awesome miso soup with clams and tofu and mm-hmm, such. And it. seaweed. And then tonight. Oh, tonight. So if you've ever had unagi or eel prepared in a rice bowl at a Japanese restaurant... It's prepared in a method called kabayaki, which is kind of describing the sauce, both the sauce and the technique that it's made with. Um, and obviously, again, <laughs> landlocked state, not finding many eels in Wegmans, but catfish is a really good substitute that a really wonderful Japanese woman who runs a blog called Just One Cookbook. She was just like, yeah, we live in California and uh, eels a little like traditional Japanese eel is expensive and hard to find. But catfish works really well and that it does. And it's cheap and it was like absolutely delicious. Like I was actually really proud of myself. Yeah, (laughs) it was awesome. And texturally, I mean, if I had been blindfolded and someone just said, here, eat this bowl of eel and rice, I would have eaten it and never questioned for a second that that's exactly what I was eating. Yeah. I mean, the sauce... The sauce gives it the flavor you associate with that dish, first of right. all. But even the consistency of the catfish, I thought, was very much like the consistency of cooked eel. Like, mu- less like the. I've had catfish many times, but never cooked that way. And I thought the consistency was much less like when I've had catfish before, like when it was blackened Cajun style. Oh, okay. like that. And much more like the consistency of eel. You know, again, I. I could have easily been convinced if I hadn't seen it that this was the eel that I was eating. That's awesome. Especially since I have never eaten catfish before tonight or cooked catfish before tonight, but I have eaten unagi before tonight. Yes, so you had something to base whether or not this seemed authentic on. (laughs) Yeah. So now to circle back around, and actually it's it's good that we're talking about this now because earlier today as we're recording this, which uh, is Monday night, you had sent me a text. You, you know, you were at some corporate event, and we're talking about kind of not really feeling like yourself. And mm-hmm. you sent me that text while I was wearing my corporate uniform and my corporate job, where I also don't feel like myself. Yeah. So, how is it that this Japan Week is helping with that kind of feeling of disconnection from who you are? Yeah, it's definitely helping, almost like refining my passions. Like I feel like I've been in just this pattern of trying to survive my day job and then having maybe a couple hours in the morning and a couple hours at night where I get to just be Owen and then the rest of my life is just self-preservation and I can't do that (laughs) till I retire. I'm 24 and I feel like that now. So that's a problem. (laughs) And I mean, part of that solution is, is finding work that quite frankly, I want to do and is life affirming because there are parts of my job that I like right now. So I think it's just a matter of finding out how I can do just those parts. And you at this point in your life differ from me in that I said to you today uh, when I was putting on my corporate uniform, 
I said, you know, there's not that much work time left in me. Like, yeah. I, I don't have that much more time that I'm going to spend working. However that gets figured out, I just, I know I don't have that much more time that I'm willing to waste. And, or I should say that I'm willing to waste working outside of just my own pursuits. Right. And we've talked about this on the show before that you don't, you're not at the same point in your life and you haven't come yet and may never to that same feeling about work just as a thing for you right now. What I'm understanding is that it's just finding the right work. It's finding, as you said, work that's affirming of who you are and right. uses the things you care about as its base. Right. Yeah. Cause I mean, I work in a retail setting and my brain is not sales built or oriented or anything like that. Plus people in retail just get treated like garbage all the time. It's yeah. a very, very common for people just to treat retail workers awfully. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, I, mm, mm, mm. Everybody has horror stories who works in retail, and I'm quickly adding chapters, <laughs> I feel, to mine sometimes. But. Can we count to three and just say the classic name of the person who treats everybody poorly? Ready? Yeah. One, two, three. Karen. Karen. Exactly. <laughs> I'm sorry if your name is Karen and we just like took out your whole life i'm sure you're fine but yeah, also if you're listening to this and your name is karen you're probably fine uh, yeah exactly yeah also tweet me because i want to know if there's somebody named karen listening to our show <laughs> that's right you don't have to have them all shipped off planet no <laughs> so when you we're essentially out of time but i think what practical idea that we can give to people who are kind of in our same boat which is doing things they dislike for you know corporate overlords they yeah. dislike is that the the larger solution is have a plan to get out of that right <clears throat> but the on the way there helpful hint at least what i'm taking from what you're saying is try to find some space to connect with the things that you feel passionate about and that reminds you who you are and making it making it an everyday thing i think has helped me too and also taking pictures of it and posting it to Twitter has helped me physically see like a quantifiable amount of like, oh my gosh, look at all these things that I've done. And it's helped me feel more like myself across a number of days. And I'm like, wow, look at all this, this cool stuff I've done. So, well, now I have the killer song uh, trapped in my head and uh, on what that, song? all these things. Oh, Okay. The, the one that contains the exact words you just finished saying. Listen. <laughs> and also, the only killer song I know. If you want to see the pictures that Owen's been posting of our uh, Japan Week of Food, you can do that at Shimmy Lizard, exactly like it sounds. The word shimmy, the word lizard, put them together. That's Owen. And there are lots of cool pictures uh, of Japan Week. You can also follow me at Jason D. Crane on Twitter or on Instagrams. I'm Jason Crane. I'm Owen Crane. And that is it for today's show. Hope you're having a fabulous day wherever you are. Speaking of helping us with the next phase of what we're doing, if you would become a member of this show, that would be fabulous. Uh, there are, as I've mentioned, right now a small enough number of listeners that our listener-to-member ratio is actually pretty decent for this show. But we could always use more. Let's get it to 100%. So uh, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being a part of our lives. I love you. I love you. I also want to say that I do love the listeners because I never get to say that I love them. Yay. But I do. Okay, so let's, if you can say with me, we'll say the end two things together. Here we go. Three, two, one. I, I love, love you. you. A, A better, better world, world is possible. possible.